What's up and welcome to the Courageous Overcomers podcast. I'm your host, Courage Molina. So excited that you're here, whether you're here for the first time or whether you're coming back. I so love and appreciate y'all. Today's episode is another great one, another great interview lined up for y'all. Um, listen, we all have to overcome something on this journey to become all that God has called us to do. It's why I love doing these interviews and today's guest is no exception. She was married for 24 years and a mother of seven. She began sharing her marital experiences with her friends through text. That eventually evolved into a devotional. In 2017, she founded Believing Wives Ministry, dedicated to empowering wives to influence the world for Christ by being profoundly impacted by him. Through weekly Bible studies, annual retreats, coaching and speaking engagements, she aims to advance God's kingdom through practical application of his word. Y'all, help me welcome my new friend, Deborah Cheek. Let's get into it. Oh my goodness. Deborah, thank you so much for saying yes. I am so glad that you are here. Oh, I'm excited. This is wonderful. It's good to be with you, Courage. Listen, now I'm going to be honest. I don't know how I met you. I don't know how I found you, right? Because I've never met you in person. I don't even know where she lived, y'all. It's okay, though. This is the power of technology because I consume your content. It is the t you are you talk about the things that I like to hear about. I'm a wife, and so I love your ministry. It, there's not a lot of um, ministries that I've seen. Um, recently, there's more that talk about being a wife and being in marriage the way you do. And it is so refreshing to me because I felt like uh, for a long time, nobody thinks of marriage like this. Everybody's like, even in the church, sometimes it's like, well, if this happens and that happens, then you're out kind of thing. And you just you, you just resonate with me. So so I've been following your content. I know you're on YouTube, but I don't know how I met you. I don't know where you come from. Do you know where I come from? <laughs> I do. I actually am in the same state that you're in, in North Carolina. You're in, you're in North Carolina? I am. I thought you were in North Carolina as well. I am. Yes. And I think we may have connected through Entrusted Women. Yes, I am um, Entrusted Women. Yes. I think that's how we've connected. And, and like you, I was like, you know, I don't know if Courage and I have ever communicated individually yeah. but i'm so glad that god loves us enough to yeah. allow us to have this space and this opportunity thank you for your kind words about the ministry that i have um but the truth of the matter is i kind of stumbled through it because of my own struggles and my my hope my prayer and my thought is that if i share honestly and and if i can use a word from your ministry courageously yeah. about uh, the things that I've gone through and experienced, maybe somebody else won't go through them either in the same way or for as long. Because I circled some mountains, sis. Girl. I circled some mountains. I was on the <laughs> slow track. <laughs> I was on the super slow. We got to take it nice and slow. Do you want the accelerated track? No, I'm going to no. go the long and the hard way. Absolutely. Uh, with extra on the long, extra on the hard. Okay? Yes. Friends, I'm with you. I cannot believe you're in North Carolina. I am. I am. And maybe yes. I can 
can trip yes. down to meet you. I'm in yes, Durham. We're gonna have to figure this out because no Carolina not that big. It's I mean, not. We can make some plans, you know. I travel and I tra I certainly travel outside of North Carolina. I can travel to see you. Oh my gosh, that's so great! I didn't know that. Yes. Um, and trusted women is amazing. I'm not in there as as um. Can I just tell y'all, this is not what this podcast is about. But right. Y'all here to listen, so we got we got to say this. It's crazy. I'm an entrusted woman and I love the community, but I feel like a um I feel like an imposter in there. Mm. Because everybody is such an amazing writer. They have written these books, they've written these devotionals, and I know I've, I wrote a book. I know somebody's like, but you wrote a book. I get it. I wrote a book. I know. And still somehow in that space, I'm like, oh, these are real writers. Like I wrote a book, but these are real writers and they don't have that attitude. But I realized this past year that it was me, right? I felt out of place in there because I feel like an imposter. So this new year, I'm going to be all up and through there. Okay. I can't wait. And I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm, I'm going to be that. all up and through there. Hey, y'all. <laughs> the Lord reveals something to you. Like, no, it's not that I haven't planted you there. It's that you haven't let go of this limiting belief that you have about yourself that hasn't allowed you to show up so that you can connect. Because I'm like, they're so nice. Why right. are you not in there more? I don't know. I'm like, yeah, it's just not the right place for me. No, the Lord <laughs> is like, girl, bye. So I'm going to be all up and through there. And there wait. are obviously amazing people. You're in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think several of us, because it's a large group, it is. Um, may have felt the same way. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, me too. Um, but those lies, those limiting beliefs, those uh, mindsets that we have to break out of that make us feel like even though we've done the thing that other people yeah. are doing, somehow we didn't either do it as well. Um, on a, the scale that maybe they did it on, it makes us feel like we're less than, but they're not making us feel that way. Like you said, yeah. it's, it's our own internal, uh, war with, with the lies and that have been planted. It's so crazy how comparison does that, right? Because that's what leads to that feeling. It's the comparison. When I take, if I'm just by myself and I'm not comparing, I'm just talking. My book is so good. It I is good. It. It is, my book is so good. Like, bro, it's so good. But this, and I believe that and I feel that and I know that the millisecond, okay, that I turn my head, I didn't even read this person's book. I just saw their cover. That's uh -huh. it. The second that I see that, I'm, now all the greatness that I could see in my book, it is immediately washed away. All the things that people have said is gone. Now my book is not good. My book is trash. And I haven't even read this other book. But comparison has just kicked my little book down yeah. into the dirt. You know, it is yeah. comparison is the thief of many things. It is. Not just of joy. Comparison leads us to a place where we are living based on a lie. Absolutely. That something is better, that somebody has more. And it's just those things just aren't true, or this thing doesn't have any more effect, or it doesn't have, oh, it's not going to work. It's not that good. No, my book is good, y'all. Y'all should read it. <laughs> my principles of courageous living, get it. It's on Amazon. Okay? Absolutely. It's a great Absolutely. book. But I feel that way in there, but I'm, I'm over it. So we're going to be in there. Praise we'll God. Get to you. So I read your bio. You sound great and amazing. And I know people are looking at you. You're super cute. When y'all come on here cute, it makes it hard for the people to believe your story. Okay. It makes oh. it hard. <laughs> people are like, oh my God, you know, they just see you so cute. And then it's like, because, and I'm going to say this every time. So get sick of hearing it. And it's because 
I know you don't look like what you've been through, yeah. but I have these guests on because I know we out here making overcoming look good. Girl, stop. I got a mirror. We know that overcoming looks good. When we've overcome a thing, it looks so good on us. We wear it well. And the Lord does this beautiful thing. You cannot even see from the outside the depths Absolutely. of what we had to get through to get here. And so the enemy will use that knowledge and say, well, she probably don't understand. Of course, she was able to do that because look at her and look at where she is. So you're on YouTube. You've hit the very coveted over a thousand subscriber mark, baby. That's the mark. If you don't know, we we at the time of this recording, the church's YouTube channel is um, under a thousand. And I feel like we were trying to get to a thousand since the beginning of the time, God, when is it our time? So you're, you've reached that point, you know, uh, you got these views and these things and you have this full-fledged ministry. You are doing this thing that you love and you're talking about it and you're seeing it. And so, you know, people can sometimes miss that you did a work and there was a work done in you to right. get to this place. But while other people might describe you or might, um, talk about you in the means of your bio. I like to know just from your perspective, um, who have you become, right? If you were going to describe yourself and these are the things that are most important that people may not see, or they may miss because of all the, cause you got a lot of great stuff. And so when you look at all the great stuff, people can sometimes only focus on that and they miss some of the other best things about you. So, who have you become? That's that's so so kind of you to say those things. Um, I think when people enter your story in later chapters, um, they kind of glorify it mm -hmm. and uh, think that everything's been good because they don't see the messy middle, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've lived the messy middle. <laughs> we've lived the, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of bed or cry my way to work. Mm -hmm. um, and wipe my face, get myself together, go in and do what I have to do and get back in the car and cry my way back home. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is, it, there is definitely um, a journey to, to whatever this place is that God has me now. I, I think my favorite description of who I am has, has very little to do with YouTube or um, marriage ministry or any of those things. My favorite description of, of who I am is his. And I think it took me a long time, capital H, his, <laughs> being God's, um, because I was so self-reliant. Um, I felt like I had to do it all myself, fix it all myself. Um, part of my story that uh, you or some of your listeners may not know um, is that uh, I had two children and was pregnant with a third when my husband and I got married. Um, he is my baby daddy. Not that that matters, but it's just part of this, you know, part of my story. Um, and I had this kind of fall from grace. I grew up in church. I was top of my class, mm -hmm. most likely to succeed, went to college, first one in my family, all these things. And then here I am pregnant, not once, but twice and pregnant on my wedding day, standing at the altar. And so there was a lot of uh, issues with my identity a lot of issues with my self-esteem. And I felt like I had to prove something. I had to prove to the people in my hometown who were like, you know, oh, look at her. 
Um, she used to, you know, be this, that or the other, but look at her now. I had to prove, you know, my worth and um, I relied on myself a whole lot. Uh, get it out of the mud kind of <laughs> uh, mentality, claw, claw myself out. But it wasn't until I got a really good understanding of what it means to belong to God and how that took some pressure off of these shoulders that I don't have to be everything to everyone and I don't have to fix every problem. And I would love to say that I don't still have moments where I'm trying to do it myself, but that just wouldn't be true. Yeah. But I've, I've gotten to a place that I can recognize now when I'm at those moments. So, so my most favorite description of myself is his. Second to that, I love being a wife. Um, I can't tell you, I always did. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be truthful. Uh, um, and, and even though I love it, there's some days and sometimes I'm like, you don't know, I don't know if I don't like it. I might not like this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being a mom. I love being an educator. My uh, role um, outside of ministry, well, even though I do a lot of ministry with it, I'm an assistant principal. So I love working with, with kids. Okay. I love uh, doing those types of things until the Lord moves me into full time, I'm going to serve here with joy. So those are some of my favorite descriptions um, about myself. I hope that was a... Yes, that was so good. I I love that. First of all, just that first one, I am his. If we just sit in that, who, like... Who have I become? I've become a woman who recognizes that I belong to God in a real way. And I think Christian circles, we say that. We say I'm a child of God. I'm his. But saying it and owning it and having it and living like we believe we belong to somewhere is something completely different. Because without it, it's exactly like you said. We are on the healthier side. Not necessarily the best side, but on the healthier side, we are self-reliant, right? Right. But even that is still operating like I don't belong to him. And that's the best. On the worst side, we become manipulative. We are bitter and resentful because we out here in this world by ourselves and we can't make it. And this person did this to me. We don't even have anybody. We we have no great hope, right? We don't recognize that we actually in real life not just in church, not just in spiritual terms, but in a physical, like my physical natural life also belongs to him. Absolutely. Everything. And, and it's helped me to develop this, this mentality because courage, I've been all those things. I've been bitter. I've been angry. I've been fresh serving in church, okay. leading others. Like, well, I guess I got to do it. You know, wrong heart, wrong attitude because I was (laughs) relying on myself. But as I've gotten older, I've I've come to embrace this mentality that says I can care, but not carry. And so I've learned to like, I can care about a whole lot of things. I can care about a whole lot of people, but God didn't ask me to carry any of it. My children are his, my husband, his, this job that he allowed me to have. He is the, the finances, the he is. And, and it allows you to live as Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And the message uh, says freely and lightly. That's how I want to live. And I still have to, you know, tear down some lies. I still have to um, conform to, to his way and not my own. But it, it's so much better when we realize I'm his and he's a good daddy. <laughs> he takes care of his kids. 
For, I can I can I can care, but not carry. Yes, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna give you credit for that for probably the next three times I say it, <laughs> and then I'm just gonna say it. Okay, it's I'm all right. Credit. I'm gonna be like, yes, I did this interview, and she said this, and so I'm gonna give you credit probably three times. After it's that, all right. I ain't gonna say that somebody's free. I don't care about. Said, I don't care listen, about any of that. That I can care, but I ain't gotta carry, baby. That's that somebody free right now. Because we think that not carrying means that we don't care. Right. I had a conversation with my mother this morning and she said, well, you know, I just want to get to a place of peace. I don't want people to think that I don't care. And I'm going to call my mama when I'm done with this interview. I'm going to say, mama, I ain't even going to make her wait for the podcast to come out. I'm going to be like, mama, let me tell you this thing because... If we can recognize it's okay for us to care, I can care about my marriage. I can care about these kids. We want to. This is what we want to do. We want to be known for this thing. That's great. I don't have to carry it. And it's in that carrying that we get bogged down. Yes, ma'am. The word of God says over and over, my yoke is easy. My yes. burden is light. But we so far removed from that. It's just something that we say. We don't know what a yoke is in our culture Come and on. what the yoke allows for the two animals to do. But if you We'll get into a good Bible study. Come on. We'll see what a yoke is. It allows two to carry a load. And if they are yoked properly, it is not going to be a heavy load for anybody. It's going to be a light load. There is a load, yes, that we're moving. There is something that we carry, that we care about, but we have to carry it in a way that is so burdensome for we us. We don't. We don't. And, and, and it, live free and light, baby. We got to stop. We done, y'all. That's. That's they hold nickel right there. And, and in those verses, he says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I think because we have carried so much, we've lost the essence, if you will, of what our life is supposed to be. We are not supposed to be torn apart, frustrated, overwhelmed, overworked. But we've got so accustomed to living there, we've made it normal. But if we get into this, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, like you're talking about the biblical understanding of it, the stronger animal carried the bulk of the load because, because he was training yeah. the younger one. Like, just walk with me, but you got to stay in step with me. You got to stay right alongside me. And what happens is we start drifting behind because we're so bogged down with these things. Think about even this holiday season. I get a little passionate about this uh, courage because his word is so good. We'll say yes to stuff that we don't even want to do just because we're carrying the opinion of, well, I don't want them to think I, I don't want them to think I don't appreciate the invitation. I don't want them to think people who love you will understand if you have to say, yeah, I'm not going to make it this time. Yeah, I don't have to burn myself out attending every event, Listen. buying a gift for every function to go to with people, honestly, that I don't typically fellowship with anyway, just so that I'm bearing the brunt of somebody else's opinion. But how many sets of pajamas are we going to buy to attend somebody's Christmas party that we don't even want to go to? You better set these captives free, Deborah. You better set somebody just somebody just got you better set the captives free. I'm saying yes to all of these things. Not only that, people also are looking at you crazy when you're like, I don't I no longer want to subscribe to this way of living. 
But that only bothers you if the person that you want to impress, that you want to um, look at you a certain type of way that you're concerned about their assessment of you are other people and not God. Because God knows me in and out and he's good with me. So I ain't going. Right. That part. And everybody ain't got to be good with me, but I'm going to check with him. And if you and I are good, then that means we're good. So I'll catch y'all maybe next year. Maybe I won't catch you. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I ain't coming to this thing. That right there. We will fight for it. Even in coaching, even when I'm coaching, if, if I'm talking as a pastor and I'm on the phone and we're trying to work through something, people have the tendency, we have the tendency to fight for the heavy load. I can't let that go. I can't give that up. I can't just do this. This thing that you have, this luxury vehicle that you have, this thing, this apartment that you have, and I'm, I'm from the hood, so... Maybe that's why I feel that way. All of these things that you have are putting you in a place where you have to work 60, 70, 80 Bondage. hours a week. I need to give up some of those things because the Lord said I need a Sabbath. And if Bondage. my lifestyle doesn't support me having a day off, then I need to make some adjustments in my lifestyle. And we want to go to the Lord and say, not can you help me to live according to your will? Can you create in me this superhuman strength mm-hmm. so I can continue to carry a load you never intended for me to carry and for me not to feel the long term effects of carrying such a load in my marriage, my mind and my body? Let, let me if, say this, if I may, because I'm, I'm hearing something else that the, the Lord has kind of driven into my heart for a while, a while. And it's this phrase. Overwhelmed is the cry of the distracted. Overwhelmed is the cry of the distracted. We have gotten so distracted from real purpose, from real kingdom purpose, from working the assignments that he's given to us, from living the life that he's called us to live, that we have allowed ourselves to be overwhelmed by all these things that he actually never told us to do anyway. When you're talking about us fighting to hold on to things that are weighing us down, I think about I've had conversations with people in some of the same arenas that you're talking about, coaching and ministry. And I'm like, just take your email off your phone. Put some parameters around your life. You you, you need this job that you have got you. If we don't work, we don't eat. However, he, you know, sets that up for our particular lives. But you're not to be accessible. 24 seven. And if you can't stop yourself from checking that email or social media or whatever, the case, take it off your phone, put some boundaries because you're distracted. And that is causing part of your overwhelm. And it's a hard pill to swallow. But when I'm overwhelmed, I have to look at that calendar that has something every day. I have to look at my phone that has all these notifications. And, and I have to say, oh, Maybe I'm overwhelmed because I've been distracted from what I'm really supposed to be doing. And he's given me the power of his spirit living on the inside of me to say no, to have some self-control, to to make some wise decisions because he's given us wisdom. And we've got to get back to real like, what, what is this costing me? Because every yes costs us something. Yes. Whether it's time, money. It may cost us influence. It may cost us the door that he wanted to open, but we chose to go a different way. Is it worth it for me to give my yes to a party when he's got uh, an amazing opportunity? Is it worth it for me to give my yes to overtime when he's blessed me with his family that I prayed for? What, what is it going to cost me? 
Oh, that is so, so beautiful. We, we struggle to say no to things um, even more so when we don't recognize that we belong to God and he is. And because I belong to him, I'm his responsibility. Yes, sir. I'm yes. your responsibility. So you need to make sure I eat. I have <laughs> clothes. I got a place to live. I need, yeah. I need you to take care of me. And if, when I when I realize that I'm God's responsibility, then the only thing I have to do is what he tells me to do. That's it. Because he's going to take care of everything else. And like you said, he's my daddy. He's a good dad. He's a good daddy. He's so good. Mm. I love him. And he look, I'm one of his favorite kids. I've been trying to tell him. Absolutely. He really liked me, y'all. I'm like, if he's he got good a refrigerator, care. baby, it's probably big. But I'm trying to tell you, you can see me on it. Because he loved this baby girl. When you get to a place where you recognize that, it makes it easier for you to say, no, I love that that's who you have become. Um, and that, you know, you recognize that you belong to God and, and you love the fact that you're a wife. But Deborah, let's just take a little journey back if we could. Let's. Because I know, I know you weren't born here. You weren't born at this place. And so if you just like look back over your journey, what are some of the things or a major thing maybe even that you had to overcome or deal with to become a woman who recognizes that you are actually a special possession of God, that you belong to him. And a woman that takes pride and joy in being a wife in and out of season. Come on, <laughs> Okay. That's real. Listen, and a mom in and out of season. That you <laughs> love that too. Because listen, it's see, my kids are adults. It's season to this thing. Okay. And it ain't every season ain't... It's not like a yay season, but I can still love being a mom in and out of season. How did you become, how did you get here? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and I, I just will add here that adult season when these children that are adults will make you pray more than the, the little ones, but yes. that's an aside. Yes, and um, amen. <laughs> I'm like, these 20 somethings keeping me on my face. Yes, and um, amen. I, I could say a lot of things that I probably had to overcome. Um, betray I've had some betrayals. Um, I've had um, just the things that everybody, you know, have dealt with, abandonment, um, all sorts of things. But I, I, if I had to boil it down to one category, I think a lot of it falls in the category of lies. I think I believed so many lies, so many. I mean, there was a point in my life, anytime I would be uh, asked to do something, I would hear the voice of the enemy saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to post this? Who do you think you are uh, to talk about the things you've gone through in marriage? Who do you think you are to minister to people after um, the things you did? Um, and, and they were true. It wasn't like the enemy was making up stuff about me. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I know we don't tell that in the kingdom, but he won't lie on me. I did. Yeah. Some of those things. <laughs> yeah. um, he you got your track you? record. He got oh. you. He, oh. He's like exhibit A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the accuser. Yeah. He's the accuser. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of condemnation in my own heart about me, a lot of lack of self-worth. And, you know, I can recall when, even when I was like in high school, a guidance counselor saying I would never get um, a scholarship. I didn't qualify for this. I can recall, um, you know, people saying, you know, I wasn't pretty or or different things like that. And, and it, 
we don't necessarily know how things that happened when we were uh, kids can carry over if something doesn't confront it, if something doesn't challenge those thoughts, they become embedded in our lives and, and, and their lives that rest in our hearts. So it was it was a long time, a long fight um, for me to stop believing that I wasn't who God said I was. Courage, I had to like take scriptures on my mirror. I would carry index cards with God's word on them. I would um, put things up around the house um, just to battle <laughs> just the lies that, that I was, I was worth it. Yeah. I was worth it. Those lies made me um, try to make my husband fix me. I mean, and I was, I was, I was rough. Like <laughs> um, I put my happiness in his hand. Right. And I was like, you got to make me happy and you got to do what I want you to do. And I'm not going to tell you what I want you to do. You need to figure it out. And um, if I would clean up or whatever and open the blinds and have me gone, if he didn't come in and tell me how nice things look, I would get angry. And, you know, and he's like, wait, what, what is happening here? I was like, oh, you just don't appreciate nothing. I guess I'm not good enough. For you. And he's like, what kind of conversation are we having? Um, all those types of things and friendships and relationships. There were so many opportunities that I didn't take um, because I just I didn't think I was good. Enough. I had believed so many lies and you wouldn't know it if we just sat here. If you met me because I put the persona on, I knew what to say. Yeah. I knew how to say it. But by myself. Uh, when it was quiet, no part of me felt like I could accomplish anything. It didn't matter how many degrees I had. It didn't matter what opportunity. It, none of that mattered because I didn't feel good enough. I would enter spaces or be invited into spaces and sit the whole time feeling awkward, like I don't fit. I don't belong. Why am I here? Nobody's going to, they don't want me to do anything, you know, and 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 I carried it. I was ashamed still from having, the, having my children uh, before I got married. I carried shame. Oh my gosh. Like it had me in bondage. Um, I would talk to people and not really look them in the eye. I could do okay from behind a keyboard, um, but it just really wrapped me up. And so the person who's able to talk to you today and say, God delivered me, <laughs> he healed me is so far from the person 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, who felt like I had to work really hard yeah. to be worth something who had to uh, I had to serve when I went when I served I was all out I'm gonna be here seven days a week you can call me at one o'clock in the morning like drowning drowning until my husband was like hey you're giving everything to everybody you'll get up at five o'clock for a prayer call you'll stay out late to serve in ministry you'll do all these things am I even on the list are, are we even and that was hard truth yeah. because I wanted to look a certain way to dispel the lies, but I wasn't allowing myself to be transformed inside. And that's just truth. I, I you know, I, I have no shame in, in saying that. And God confronted my heart, used my husband to confront my heart. Like you got to get this thing together. You, there's an internal work. I was uh, talking to a group this morning and I said, I heard God say to me not too long ago, if you let me, I'll heal you. And I was thinking, Heal me from what? You know, oh my God, what? Um, and he started talking to me about some things that I moved on through, 
you know, kind of like Courage, you're not as old as I am, but you get to a certain age sometimes, like you might bump into something or something might drop or you might hit a corner and not even pay attention because you keep moving, you keep moving. And then when it's time to go to bed, you're like, where did that bruise come from? Or when did I? And that's how he was showing me that I had been going through life for a season. I'd been hit. I'd been affected by something, but I kept going like it didn't happen. And now he, we're at a place that he's like, I want to, I want to address that. I'm, I'm, I want to talk to you, but you've got to let me yeah. talk to you about what's going on in your heart. You got to let me tell you there's something right there. And when I touch it, you respond a certain way. There's something right there that's yeah. got a little bruise on it. So uh, a lot of lies <laughs> um, that I had to combat with truth. Uh, and sometimes as believers, it's very easy for us to share the truth with others. But sometimes because we have these uh, platforms and we're operating in these offices, he has to use different methods to get the truth to us. We've got to be open to hearing those. So, yeah. That is, first of all, that is, you said a lot. We're about to unpack some of this. So many things. One, I don't know who is listening that is not doesn't have this uh, playlist of lies. There is, even if their lies aren't the same as your lies, aren't the same as my lies, there are lies that are being told. And if it if it doesn't sound like what God said, it's a lie, just in case you can't tell. Because sometimes something is fact. Right. It's a fact. I did do that. Check. It's a fact. I was pregnant in high school. That's a fact. It's the a fact. truth is... I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Still. truth is I'm a marvelous work. The Still. truth is I'm remarkable. The truth is I'm called, I'm chosen, and I'm yes. a right? So there are lots of facts. Yep. And the enemy will use these facts. That's how he tricks us, right? Because what he said is a fact, and then he twists it a little bit, and it turns into this a lot. Because this first part is a fact. Then the second thing that he says, you just automatically receives as true. You are a teen parent. Fact makes you unworthy. You just accept that lie. You did this. That's a fact. You're right. I did do. And now once he gets you on that train, now he can just start tossing out all kinds of stuff. He can toss out all kinds of stuff that with no bearing in fact, but you've already started to sing the tune. You've already started to dance to the melody that now you're not even listening and, and verifying what he's saying. You're just accepting all of those things. And so that's a huge one. And I can see how that will keep us from showing up. This is what I always say, right? How can I tell? Because it's like you said, when you're talking to a person, somebody asks you, even if you ask me outright, do I struggle with something? I'm not going to lie to you, but there are seasons in my life where I did not recognize myself what I was struggling with. My feet were trapped in something, but I didn't know that my right. feet were trapped. I didn't know what had me entangled, right? So you could ask me flat out and I would be like, no, I don't struggle with worthiness. Like I know that I deserve this and I deserve, I would have told you that. Here's how you know. Don't be asking yourself because yourself is may not know. Yourself <laughs> might lie to you. Okay. Let me tell you, what am I trying to prove? There you go. That is what shows you what is the root. The fruit is the behavior. I'm trying to prove. I'm trying to prove. I have been trying to prove probably for my entire marriage. God help us. That I'm a good wife. Mm -hmm. I'm a good wife. 
if I am a good wife, I don't need to prove it. I can just be it. Right. But that the second is like, mm, I want to show him that I'm a good wife. I want to show his mom that I'm a good wife. I want to show these people that I'm a good wife. That means there is a lie on the inside that I believe. Right. And that lie is I'm not a good wife. Because only a person who believes she's not a good wife right. has something to prove. I've never tried to prove that I'm a woman to anybody. Right, right, right. I never felt, I never got up and said, well, I'm going to do my hair like this so everybody would know. No, no. I'm a woman. You know, I'm going to put on this outfit. I've never gotten into a conversation with a per never, Deborah, in my whole life. Have I tried to prove to a person that I'm black? Never. Right. I never did that. Right. I never said, well, you know what? I'm going to dress like this and I'm going to sound like this. So they'll know. No, I don't care. I don't have anything to prove because I know I'm a black woman. Like I know these things. Right. I'm not trying to prove anything. But every time I think about ministry, the ministry I've been called to, when I think about the work I've been called to, spaces and places, it's in those places where I showed up a certain way. Even if I didn't have it in my mind, I showed up a certain way. There was a certain expectation that I had for people to respond a certain way to show that I proved myself in some way. Right. That I'm worthy of the call of pastor as a woman in right. 2023. That I'm worthy of the right. call of this it's 2023 people. And I say, I mean, just, you know, this is still a thing that's happening. I never right. try to prove anything I knew for a fact. Right. But I struggle with seeing myself as a good wife. I felt a way about me and I was trying to prove it to any and everybody. Do you know what I mean? I, I 1000% know what you mean. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, and what's the rest of that sentence? Because I, when I was like trying to prove that I'm, I'm a good wife or a, a good minister or a good pastor or whatever, I, I think if I'd have learned earlier to finish the rest of that sentence, that where I'm thinking, I'm not a good wife. And that means what? Yeah. Because I think that reveals the lie that we need to combat because we are a good wife, but there's some fear that we have there, something that if I'm not a good wife, then I'm unworthy. Then I'm this, then I'm that. How do we get to the truth behind that statement? That's a lie so that we can heal or be delivered or whatever the necessary response is. Like, like what is that? That is, that's the secret sauce right there. That is the magic. That's the thing that unlocks it. That is so good because as soon as you said that, it leads us down. This is why I love, I love being in community and conversation with women who are in the book, baby, because they can hear something from the Lord that's going to take you to the next level. You got a little breakthrough, but my sister right here just took us to another level. And that is as soon as I think, okay, well, I'm not a good wife. What does that mean? And if I believe that to be true, what is that? What narrative am I creating about what my hut about my husband? Because right. if I'm not a good wife, he ain't staying that long. If I'm not a good wife, everything is doing for me. I got to look at it with a side eye because I'm not deserving of that type of love. So it can't be real. He's got to be thinking all these things, girl. Yeah, you got to get me set free. I'm not gonna clap it on this podcast with you, Barbara. <laughs> 
world. Now you just said something. We we that right there. What does that what does that mean? What mm -hmm. is the narrative that comes out? So what is that? This deep other thing? Because now I can see how that lie has filtrated in through all the oh, yeah. oh yeah. Other spaces and how even when there is love on this side and if you think about how far back that goes, I've been married for this is 2003, I've been married for 22 years. Yeah, yeah. So I got to count. I got to get these years it's okay. to get together. Been married for 22 years. I can tell you right now that my battle um, in full transparency, my battle with unworthiness didn't start when I said I do. Right. It predated this dude I married. I love him, my man, my man, my man. It predated him. Mm -hmm. And so that means all throughout the relationship, these were battles and things. Even if love was given, it couldn't be received at the level and at the depth that I needed it to, that the sender intended for it. And we're just talking about husband and wives, but that's true with really anything, Everything. right? Everything. That's true with anything that you're believing, whether you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or you're not experienced enough, whatever that enough thing is that you are believing that lie mm -hmm. there's an entire narrative that goes along with that and then every single thing that you experience even the best things in life are filtered through that right lie. right so it doesn't even all get in mm -mm. It, it becomes transactional because if i don't then they're not going to oh my god it's it, the relationship the like the relational part uh gets a little muddied because it's, it's it's all very transactional and we're trying to self-preserve yes um based on the things that have happened in our hearts and in our lives independent of the other person but it comes out sometimes with and or on the other person and so that's what the enemy wants us to do he wants us to focus on uh our affirmation that i am enough i am enough i am enough and, and we are in christ but it's bigger than why do I think I'm not enough? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not enough, what, what, how is that impacting the relationships, my purpose, yeah. who I am? How can I represent the God who I say is enough? Oh, so good. Right. If, if I still feel like he didn't do it all through Jesus on the cross, what, what am I portraying to people. There's some healing that he wants to do, even in those of us who are believers. There's a level of freedom. There's always, we go from glory to glory. Yes. And he loves us so much that he'll be like, okay, there's the lie. Now let's dig a little deeper and see what have you, here's the thing. What lie did you come into agreement with? Come on. What did you say and affirm as now your truth yeah. that never was? That is so good. And it shows that we would truly rather, we much rather stop short, right? Than come up short. Come on. So if I stop short, I ain't giving it my all. You're on to something. Because I'm afraid that if I give my all to this relationship, if I give my all to this business, if I give my all to this ministry, if I go all out, because I don't believe I'm enough, I'm going to fall short. I'm going to come up short. And there's going to be all this other stuff that comes. I'm going to be embarrassed. I just fear, fit, like all ridicule, whatever. So I would rather 
take heed, like you said, become trained. I'm doing this for this. I'm doing this for that. And, and pull myself back for self-preservation. Oh, because yeah. If I give it my all, I'm going to be rejected. If I give it my all, I'm going to. And I would much rather quit than give it everything I got and find out I didn't have enough because we believe we might not. But the truth is when you come into, when you get into agreement with what God says about you, when you come out of agreement with everything you were led to believe because of where you were born, because of how you were raised, because of what you've experienced, when you come out of agreement with those things, you recognize I'm always enough because he picks up the slack. Come on. So it's not even about whether or not I have all the parts. I don't even need all the parts. I only need the parts I got. That's, That's it. Whatever part I ain't got, I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> because he's gonna, because he's gonna pick up the slack. He's yeah. the gap filler. Absolutely. He, he's ordained this work to be done. So you're right. I don't have this and that. But the good news is I don't need it. That's the good news. The good news, whatever I ain't got, I don't need it. So I am enough yeah. for this assignment as wife. As mother, as daughter, 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 if we would stay right there, if we would, if we would spend concerted effort reveling in the fact that we're his daughters. What if we just said, you know what? I will let my father take care of me. He knows who I am. He knows what he gave me. He knows my idiosyncrasies. He knows the areas of my challenge. He he knows my attitude. He knows he knows what he's. I'm no surprise to him. So I think I'm gonna let him guide my day. I think I'm gonna let him choose my appointments. I think I'm gonna let him organize my closet. Whatever it is, if we would let him into it all, he would show us. He's either gonna show us what to do or how to do it. Or he's going to show us a person that that he's already touched their heart who could come assist or come help or or uh, make up the difference, as you say. Yeah. He's he's a good daddy. I, get, I mean, like that's all I know to say. He's a good daddy. I love it. Now, how do, somebody's listening? Like that sounds so great. That's wonderful. But how how do you get there? Like what we're talking about overcoming the laws of the enemy that weren't handed to us by a red devil with. Oh no! Pitchfork. They were handed to us. Some of them from well-meaning people we mm-hmm. love. Some of them from people who don't like us, and they meant us one hundred percent harm. Some of it from the society. Um, some of it from the world. Right? How do? How does a listener? Somebody? Somebody listening right now? How do they begin to overcome lies? What they need? They need to. Y'all get y'all pen. She about to tell y'all. <laughs> They need to be able to write something down. What is it that they do in a real practical sense to help them overcome lies that they have not only believed, but held on to? And then some of us found some comfort. Outside of that is scary. Yeah. But over here, I'm, I don't like it, but I'm comfortable with this pain. I've been had this pain for a long time. How, what do they do? Yeah. I, I, I think there are a lot of things. Um, but the first thing I would that comes to my mind is to recognize that multiple things can be true at the same time. It's not always either or sometimes it's both. And as one of my dear friends has told me, I loved my father. He was a good man. He's a good man, Savannah. He was a good man. (laughs) Um, But he had alcoholism. 
I saw him be abusive. And for years, I acted like that didn't have an impact on my life because I did not want to think of my father in a negative light. But if we don't own the truth, the whole truth, the beautiful and the ugly, we'll never get healed. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. I love that the first thing he says is that you know the truth. If we would just take us a moment and say, you know, what is the truth about the situation? And sometimes we've had so many layers of lies that it might take a minute to actually get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And because it's uncomfortable, it's I don't have any joy about saying that my father suffered from alcoholism and that mm-hmm. he was abusive. Um, it, it, I thank God for what he did in his life as he as time went on. But the facts and the tr- the fact remains yeah. and that had an impact on me. It had an impact on how I chose who I dated. It had an impact on what I would and would not uh, tolerate. It had an impact on how much of myself I would allow to be free with someone. It had an impact, right? And so I have to own that truth, the beautiful parts of it and the ugly parts. We don't want to feel the discomfort. Mm -mm. And so we will stay um, in what we think is the comfort of what we know. Mm -hmm. Rather than venture out a little bit into the discomfort of um, tackling the truth. So I think the first thing is really, okay. let me just dig down to the truth of this situation. Um, And then I think just practically speaking, if 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 I'm dealing with um, the issues of abandonment, perhaps. I have to fight it with the truth of God's word. You did an amazing job talking about the difference between facts and the truth. And for those of us who are believers, we know that God's truth is the truth. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's the truth, right? And so we have to fight it. You know, these are the weapons of our warfare. This, the sword of the spirit divides, you know, uh, the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We've got to get back. I know we want to hit play on a YouTube video. I know we want to just listen to an audio book while we're riding. I know, I know. But every now and then, friends, We're going to have to grab that Bible, Mm -hmm. Uh, old school, if you will, and look in the back for whatever it is in the concordance to see, okay, what's the key word? It's worth it. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about your mind. One of the tactics I think that the enemy has like really ramped up is attacks on our minds, our thinking, our memory, our, you know, just our our mental health. We've got to fight this good fight of faith. And God told us we could take every thought captive. It doesn't mean that I can necessarily stop a thought from running across my mind, but I can grab that thing and make it obey what Christ says. So when that thought comes across that I'll never be good enough, I stop that thought and I make it obey what Christ says. He says I was worth I was worth it. God sent Jesus for this life. And no matter what anybody else thinks about it, he thought it was worth the life of Christ. And But I've got to dig into the word of God. There are no shortcuts. I'm so, so sorry. Other than the fact that you can type in a scripture and figure out what it is, or you can type in a word and get scriptures that are related to it. And that's a wonderful thing. But we've got to do the work of submitting our lives to him. We will not be transformed by the renewing of our minds without the word of God. So I would say, practically speaking, maybe just one area, find one area that you believed a lie in. What's the truth about this? Why did I believe this? Is it from somebody well-meaning? Like you said, is it from a circumstance? Because some of those things we can't 
we can't help the family we were born into. Right, right. Um, you know, it's not that we did something wrong. It's a circumstance or a situation that we found ourselves in. But our healing is our responsibility. Right. So so how do I allow him, you know, to heal me? He will heal us if we allow him to. It's almost like we got to crawl on the operating table, you know, and just lay ourselves there and say, however you want to do it. And God is so sweet. Some things he does instantaneously. But there are also some things that he has to give us a little anesthesia for. And there's some things, you know, we're going to. okay, you got to have a little rehabilitation. You may have to go through this process for a little while. But I think the core of it. Is taking his word and allowing it to change our minds. So maybe somebody needs to do what I did and write out by hand some scriptures. Maybe you just need to take a picture of one and make it your screensaver on your phone. Maybe um, when you're journaling, if that's what you choose to do, I think it's a very therapeutic tool that you, you just write it. However you can get his word into your heart, You, if you hear it. If you see it, if we meditate on it day and night, he promises in Joshua to make our way prosperous and then we'll have good success. It'll change us. Of course, that's how you are, who you are right now. His word changed you. That's how I am, who I am. His word changed me and it took time, but it's so worth it. So I would say fight this fight, fight with the tools he gave us. And the first is certainly his word in our lives. And we don't have to read 10 chapters a day, but if we just find a scripture that is pertinent to where we are and the lies we're trying to overcome, it'll change everything. I love, oh gosh, this is so good. Except that many things can be true at the same time. I say all the time, I'm like, two things can be true at the same time. So I'm not saying what you're saying not true. I'm saying they're both true, right? Two things can be true at the same time. Somebody has a problem with this and they love it's not. Well, if they loved you, they wouldn't do that. Mm, they might, right? The, I've loved people that I've hurt. Yeah. Don't tell me that just because I love you don't mean I never hurt you. It's not true. It's not going to happen. It can be true at the same time. I love that. Multiple things can be true at the same time. And we have to get to the bottom. We have to get to the truth of a thing and accept all of it. Not, I used to love to bury my head in the sand. That was my favorite place to be. <laughs> Put my head in the sand. Yes, there's comfort with my head in the sand. I can just pretend that there's not a dumpster fire going on right. for me. I can be la-di-da down here with my head. And I loved it. I loved my head in the sand. But you know what? You got to come up. And what do you do? <laughs> the dumpster fire is still there and you're still experiencing the things right. that you are ignoring. And so acknowledging the full truth and then fighting that lie with the truth of God or of God's word. It warmed my heart so much that you said, not my truth, not your truth. I know people say it, I hate it because it, it takes away from the truth. the truth. It implies that there are, no, this is the absolute truth. But mm-hmm. the, the word of God is the absolute truth. And anything that's not standing up to that, it ain't the truth. So that's right. let's get from there. But in order for you to fight with the truth of God's word, you got to get in it. That's right. That's the problem, friends. It's not just going to come right to you. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves and yes. get in it. And even the taking of one verse requires some work. I, I don't want y'all to be like, oh, I'm just going, man, it requires some 
work. I need to get in here. I need to read this. I need to have a little bit of an understanding for it so I can hold on to it. Yeah. Because the enemy who knows the word, because he quoted it to Jesus, That's and right. he quoted it to Jesus long before we came on scene. <laughs> so that means he's had way more time with it than we have. Yes. Right? He will take that scripture that and he will twist that thing. You got to get the truth of it. And if that means writing it out, write mm -hmm. it out. If you don't know how, just like she said, you know, you may need to get connected to somebody, get connected Absolutely. to a ministry that can help you break down the word so I can have this verse and I can use the power that it has with this. I just, I love that. Y'all know I'm team getting the Bible open and I'm like, yeah, you can Google it, but can you highlight it in your physical Bible? Come on. I want you to have a book. You can bust somebody upside the head with. That's what I want. Whoop upside the devil head with the physical Bible. I want that for you. <laughs> I might have aged myself when I said that. <laughs> but I I'm want right there with you. That, you know, just listen. Um, okay, so this is my last question. This has been so good. I can't believe our time is up already. <laughs> this is so good. Deborah, you're about to be my friend. You know that. I, girl, we're already this. friends. We're, we're about to be friends. We're about to take this friendship to the next level. I'm excited. I'm this ready. This conversation was so good for me. I'm ready. I don't even know if this help if it don't help nobody. I want you to know this. It's Your girl's been set free. You hear me? It's helped it me. It set me free for some. I'm, I'm gonna have to journal after this. I'm gonna call my mama, <laughs> what you said, and then I'm gonna journal because <laughs> it has been so so good. It has <sighs> been so good to me. I needed to hear this because there are some lies that I'm still um dealing with, and they have more power in my life than they mm. need to have in this. Absolutely. Oh, praise God! You know, so I I so appreciate you being on here. So. This is my last question. I ask everybody this question, but I want to know what in your experience is the key for courageously overcoming lies? I'm Deborah Cheek of Believing Wives, and I believe the key to courageously overcoming lies is rooting yourself in the truth of God's word. Oh, that is so good. I love that. Cause I'm doing that, so I'm already on the road to you overcome. Are. I'm already, on, I got some lies to still overcome, but I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track, and I love yeah. that. I love. We got to get anchored. Yeah, we we got to get anchored in his in his word. This world has lots of lights and and bells and things yeah. that draw our attention, but his word is what keeps us from being tossed and driven and believing every crazy new thing that the enemy sends. Uh, we got to get solid in this word. Oh, that is so beautiful. Where can they find you the most? What's your favorite place to show up so they can connect with you? One of my new favorite places is YouTube. I have a YouTube channel called Believing Wives, and I'm there typically every Wednesday. I um, have videos that I upload every Wednesday. I also host a weekly Bible study every Tuesday night uh, called the Believing Wives Bible Study. I hold that uh, virtually. And so that's probably my most favorite place to hang because I love interacting with people in, in that type of format. So I'm there. I'm on Instagram. I have a few devotionals on the Bible app, um, but I'd love to connect with people any and every way possible. 
I'm going to put all the things in the show notes, guys. So wherever you're listening, you can just go right through the show notes. If you're watching it on YouTube, it's in the description. It's going to be all right there. I love this. Thank you so much again for coming on. Absolutely love you um, and the work that you're doing and just blessed by it. So thank Mm -hmm. you. All right, y'all. We're going to get out of here. Thank y'all for listening.